0: Matt, as uh, many of the listeners probably heard last week or earlier this week, I interviewed the one, the only, Professor Jeremy. So if you didn't listen to that interview, scroll back in your feed, and you can hear myself and Jeremy talk all about what it's like to educate the future IT leaders of tomorrow. But, Uh Jeremy, one of the things we did in that, Matt, is we uh, took some questions from Jeremy's uh, students. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to... Uh, give some advice to the future IT leaders (laughs) of tomorrow. So I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to compare our notes uh, about um, how I answered versus how you answered. And we'll see. We'll see if we're consistent or we offer divergent but important opinions. So the first one was...
1: If it's (laughs) (laughs) unikernels
0: It is not unicarnels. It is not unicarnels. That comes later in the show this week. All right, so Matt, my question for you is, from your point of view, can DevOps principles be taught in college or is it something you learn... Only by suffering through many years of painful oh. processes. What is what is your take?
1: Man, man, this is that. That is an excellent question because, um, you know, I, I think I think this is like uh, what do they call it? Dancing about architecture, right? You have to have <laughs> some scars before you can understand the corporate world, right? Like you know, you always talk about. Uh, you know these these fresh business school grads who mm-hmm. show up and they have all these you know big ideas yeah. and then they get Happiness. you know thrown into yeah. the yeah. into yeah. the the maw of of corporate world. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of the same thing. I, I think you know you could talk about these idealized things, um, but I I think you have to learn by doing. And um, you know I, it just reminds me of, of you know when I was in college, uh, I had a computer science professor. Like literally, probably my last semester. Yeah, I'd been in computer science for the the whole 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 session, and he's like, "How many of you have used a debugger?" <laughs> and like, maybe ten percent of the class raised their hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he and he was just like, you know, um, you know, can it, it was just the this level of like real world experience for computer science people was extremely low, and you know. To his credit, uh, he made us use debuggers and and learn how to to use some of those things. But DevOps is, is one of those things. Like you in school, it, it literally is academia, right? You 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 have no concept of having to deal with different stakeholders because you're your only you're the only stakeholder, right? right. They'll put you in teams, or whatever, and like you know that that is a nice way to get a small glimpse <laughs> into the inefficiencies of corporate world. Right. But, so you know, but those are going to be over in, you know, four weeks or, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a whole term long project. But, you know, it's not the sort of thing where, oh, you know, I my paycheck depends on dealing with, you know, that ass clown down there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and at the same time, you know, I have these people throwing these requirements in and, you know, what the hell did sales just do? You're right. It's it's too sandboxed for devops to be applicable right i mean sure you could talk about the tooling yeah that's great but that's that's less than half of devops mm-hmm. and so no i don't i think you could talk about it but again it's it's talking about you know it's it's like talking about you know music without hearing music you know you yes. just it it's yes pointless. i mean isn't that pointless is but isn't that?
0: I, I think I gave I and I'll have to roll back and listen to the tape a little bit. But I think I gave a similar answer. But I, I will say it is um it is somewhat a bleak outlook. It's like telling um if you're a parent or something <laughs> else, it's like you're going to have to burn your hand on this. Like oh, I yes. um like we all know it's hot and it is really hot and uh, I understand that you heard me that it's hot. But really, for you to understand, I need you to go touch the stuff. Yeah. Like I mean, it's kind and- of it's a bleak. It's a very bleak. Uh, a bleak. I guess bleak advice uh, to give yeah. to, to give anyone.
1: Well, and 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 it, it. Now I'm having all sorts of flashbacks. Like <laughs> I, so I, I am overeducated. I guess you know yeah. I, I went and got a master's in, in software engineering, and I spent an entire semester arguing with the professor in my product management and project management class because mm. he was teaching waterfall, <laughs> and he was teaching waterfall and spiral, wow. and like you know it was. Fifteen-year-old IBM textbooks, and I argued with him the entire semester.
0: You're we like, I need a refund. And I need a yes. refund from this class. <laughs> yes, I am less. Yes. I am less intelligent. I am less marketable having learned this information that you have just you been know, given and, me.
1: And and you know, the, the first day they were like, "How many of you in this class are going to get your was it PMM certification yeah, or whatever?" There's a lot of those. Yeah. And I was like the only one who didn't raise their hand. I was like, I don't need that crap, right? Uh, <laughs> and then he like he taught Spiral and Waterfall and ULM and that's incredible. Or, uh, this UML. isn't that long
0: ago. You, you make it oh, sound yeah. like you're seventy years old. This is you're you're well, relatively young person. I, I mean, don't want to talk about how old I am. I know, but, but you're not but that anyway, old. I'll just confirm I that.
1: Up the rational rose. Suite oh my gosh! And
0: oh my gosh!
1: I I think I I finished my master's degree in twenty thirteen hmm 2012 somewhere around there mm-hmm. yeah so i mean <laughs> it's like he, a question would,
0: like i don't know yeah, would, okay.
1: well, no, no. <laughs> but but 10 years ago should anyone have been learning rational no rules?
0: no absolutely not absolutely not so okay I'm, all right so unfortunately <laughs> for the uh the future it leaders of tomorrow uh, I think there isn't any way for you to learn it. I, I guess it would be like a modified uh, Mike Tyson quote. It's like a, everybody's got to play until the PowerPoint do is uh, do on Monday. like, I mean, it's just like, then you just got to get stuff done and be like, I don't know, somehow we're doing it the wrong way, but so be it. All right. Well, the other, the second question that I thought was uh, very interesting was um, about certifications. So my question is the following was what's more valuable a, uh certification from one of the major cloud vendors, AWS, G C P Azure, somebody else, or a general purpose certification for cloud that is, if you will, vendor neutral. Uh, which which do you think is more valuable to to new college grads?
1: Um wow. So uh I don't despite having, you know, three college degrees, I don't have any certifications. Mm-hmm. Um
0: but well, think about this. What you used I, to hire. I mean, you. I, I mean, maybe you still do. Oh, but yeah, yeah, no, there was I've, a time. I, a of, you, I was going to say. So, if the resume came across, you know, technical degree from good college in some field of computer science, and and just just imagine there. It's like AWS certified. Pick any or any. Pick any of the certifications you yeah, like. Yeah. Or you see, I guess it would be some kind of cloud native or some other general purpose cloud native certification thing. Like, which one of those, if either, are you going to give? give a little bit of credence to
1: now i'm gonna be contrary and I, I think i'd give more credence to the specialized one mm-hmm. um because
0: so that's not the vendor that's the vendor yeah, one or no not, no the vendor, one. The vendor I, one i think
1: yes you know okay so if somebody goes through and gets you know a whole bunch of aws certs um i know those are hard mm-hmm. um the general one doesn't teach you i mean I'm going to way over generalize here, but <laughs> yep. um, it might be general to the point of being useless. Yep. And, and, you know, the AWS specific ones, Amazon at least has the incentive to keep those up to date and probably slightly hard mm-hmm. if they're, you know, I'm, I know the the beginner ones are pretty easy, right. right? I mean, like, I don't know about you, but you know, you and I could probably sit down and, Knock out some of the intro ones cold. Yeah, you know, um, maybe maybe I'm <laughs> I'm overly optimistic.
0: Hey, but no, like, no one actually call know. us on that because that sounds like good. That sounds like real work, and we could potentially fail. So don't don't. No one actually call us to make us do that. So
1: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, but but I think they ramp up fast. Yeah, that's what my understanding. Yeah, no, it gets though, hard, right? Especially when it, you get they to they the get upper levels. Really yeah. fast. I've heard yeah.
0: the Google yeah. one is especially difficult, which would jive exactly. with their uh, you know their interview style. Engineering yeah, stuff. Yeah. Probably at and some point they, in the Google certification, you have to sort a red, a red, black tree, like just for arbitrary reasons. They're just like, yeah, okay. and and we we'll just throw this in. Like, you need to know how to do this. Some oh, other yeah, yeah, coding yeah. problems.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've interviewed with Google. <laughs> I, I did bust out my uh, my data structures book to to refresh, and you know, I, I had up. to do that. And, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm here to manage partners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I need you to reverse well, the linked list. That's not. Can you write that re- with recursion? Yes.
1: Go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anywho, um, I, I so so yes, I, I would actually tend to be more inclined towards the the vendor, the cloud specific mm-hmm. certs yep. at the higher levels because I know. I I'm Those
0: you. I'm you. You All right. It. Yeah. Which again, okay. is also kind of like a bleak thing. It's like, don't, no, don't, don't go for this academic theory thing. Just go in. Hardcore. All right. So the final question. <laughs> but, but, are,
1: but, but I also think there's a lot of value. Well, in this you know. is what I said. I, I, yeah. no, this is
0: what I said. Listen, your college degree is proof that you studied the academic nature of computer science or whatever, right? That's kind of shows that you're a smart person. You got an engineering degree. The certifications mean that I can bring you in tomorrow. And you can get going, right? Like I believe I can put you in front of a console, and you know what to do, right? There's not going to be so. So I I think that. But now this was the final question. I think this one is a this is a tough call. If you could only have one of the following: a college degree in your choice of computer technical field, or you could have all of the AWS certifications. Say you just like I'm just going to get all the AWS, like the best ones, all of them. Okay, which thing (laughs) is more marketable? One or the other. Right. That's well. I'm just if, saying, hey, you're. Hey, we, yeah. Matt, we are advising a, a thousands of new college grads. Which thing should they get? So if they can so, only get one. That that is yeah. a constraint here.
1: Um, I spent a lot of time at college, and <laughs> uh, Matt, I think. Like, I'm just
0: the quick aside. I think you should tell everyone your undergrad degree.
1: <laughs> I have a geology degree. There you go. I, so there you go. My, I I spent well. <laughs> so I had. Uh, I was a chemist, chemical engineering, uh, major to orientation. I switched majors (laughs) to civil engineering, uh, the first, you know, uh, the first semester, Mm -hmm. um, after three semesters, I changed to architectural engineering. (laughs) Uh, then I, you
0: think it's like a campus tour here of all the different uh, schools. I still just, you
1: know, I still hung around the engineering and science buildings (laughs) mostly, but, um, and then, uh, Engineering had a policy. If you withdrew from a class, you were kicked out of the engineering college. Oh, whoa, and ouch. I, I was taking uh, statics and dynamics, oh. which is the physics of things that don't move. Yes. <laughs> and um, the professor lets you withdraw uh, during the final. Oh.
0: Oh, because it's going so bad, he's just like, you don't have to be here anymore. He
1: was like, you can have the entire semester to make up your mind. Wow! And and, and you like, I withdrew at the final.
0: <laughs> that, it, uh, it was going so well. <laughs> uh, well,
1: no, it was it was a hard struggle. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, you know, I think I was gonna, I think I might have passed, but I was like, looking at the the syllabus ahead of me and and civil engineering, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to take traffic theory. <laughs> And I'm not talking about like network traffic. I'm talking about <laughs> no, road. talking about real traffic, right? Yes. Uh, so I switched to uh, geology, mm-hmm. and because I was taking uh, engineering geology, mm-hmm. and uh, I still got a minor in environmental engineering, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was working at a state agency doing environmental engineering mm-hmm. uh, as an intern for you know two years. Um, and the week of graduation with my geology degree, I changed majors <laughs> to computer science. Okay. Um, and so uh, I was I was an undergrad for seven years. Oh, God, and that's got great. That sounds so two good. degrees. It's fantastic. Uh, five majors. Um and and I was working like half time the whole time.
0: All so. right, let's go back to let's get you back on track. So the Matt Ray path, <laughs> I'm just gonna say the Matt Ray path more. It's a fun path. We're not going to recommend it. I'm taking that off the table. We're going to go back know. to you got, you're got. you giving advice to someone that wants to get out there and get a job in IT pretty quick. Would it be better for them to go get all the cloud certifications or for them to take the time to get a college degree?
1: So I think you can make more money
0: quickly with all the certs. Yep, I agree.
1: Right. I think long-term career path, I think a college education is worthwhile
0: 100%. because
1: at some point you're going to say, I want to break out of my... Silo of of you know IT specialist and being able to write, uh, being able to you know uh, coalesce data from multiple sources, <laughs> um, you know being able to research and do things that you know you kind of do in college and you know take stuff from disparate backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's actually worthwhile, I right? I totally
0: agree Yeah, yeah. And, so say, you know, uh...
1: I, and I'm not saying like you know I have a lot of friends who are you know, they did not go to school or they dropped out or whatever, and they're doing fine. Um, but I think there's an advantage to college.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, well I think the other thing that's not kind of embedded in those like <clears throat> uh present time's not uh included. Uh college is fun. Like college is a fun time. Like, <laughs> yeah, for, for most of us. And uh like you should you should go have fun if you if you're lucky enough to if you're lucky enough to to have the ability to go to college, like, highly recommend it. At this it. point,
1: and, I just want to leave the house.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it is, like, I, I will say, like, it will be interesting to see what happens um, this coming uh, academic year. Because I do think some people would face this. It's like, if the only option is just taking online classes from any college, then oh, yeah. that's... Uh, yeah. Then, no, I, I don't, then maybe like doing some certifications and putting off college or like doing something different and no, kind of we, postponing had
1: that conversation. I've got, you know, my, my oldest is uh, he's year 11 here in, in Australia. So, you know, he'd be starting 11th grade in August in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've already said, like, I don't see a point in an online college. You know, yeah. I, I mean, not not paying, you know, 30 grand a year to go get a online degree because there's, you know, whatever that that's not very useful. Mm -hmm. Um, in in my mind, um, because you're missing out on so much of the college experience and, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I have done distance learning. I've taught distance learning. Mm -hmm. It's still missing, you know, uh, a, a healthy component of the experience of, of, you know, college life. And so, um, you know, as we're staring down, you know, who knows how long of lockdown, uh, some of the schools are already starting to talk about like delaying six months graduation. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, maybe those are the realistic ones. Others are talking about opening in two weeks. Um,
0: <laughs> but <laughs> a little variance in those estimates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, I mean, I would, I would probably recommend to him, you know, go out and, and, you know, a gap year is a very common thing for Australians. So, you know, Go out and see Australia because you can't see the world. I was say, um, yeah,
0: I was gonna say I think the gap year is gonna be pretty common for everyone. And regardless, I think even if you were someone that was really academically inclined, I think I would just like you could just take a lot of online classes just for a lot less of money, right? That's fine if you want to continue to like to learn around a certain subjects. But maybe postpone like any big tuition payments until you can like go get exactly. go get your money's worth, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, until then, do all just do all the online certifications or whatever yeah. right? in your uh, I mean, the- field of choice.
1: Yeah, the the good thing for my oldest is uh, since he was in first grade, mm-hmm. he's wanted to be an epidemiologist. So,
0: oh, time lucky. is right, my <laughs> friend. Time is, like sometimes the world uh, comes to you. Wow.
1: Uh, and 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 the fact that he never sent in his application for the CDC summer camp, uh, uh well, you know, it's kind of a moot point now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, um, if you have interest in that. That seems seems like a field that's going to have plenty of employment opportunities for the foreseeable yeah. future. So, yeah, so he's. All right, Matt, well, the He's last thing friend. that yes. um, we need to get your take on, because uh, the world is waiting to hear your review. The <laughs> new iPhone SE is out. Oh, yeah. And the question yeah, yeah. is, because that that is your – you're still holding on to the previous iPhone SE. Is that correct? Well, my wife is. My wife or your has wife is. the Okay. one. Well, I know – I... I'm off in the Android world. I know, but we know you have, uh, as long-time listeners know, like, you prefer smaller phones, right? Yes. You uh, are big uh, in favor of privacy. That's very important to you, right? People I, not not doing that. Proudly. But yeah. you're often conflicted because you tend to prefer the open uh, source software, right? Or open openness versus the closed system of the Apple iOS. So my question is, when you saw the... The Apple SE, and I think you're also cost conscious when it comes to phone. And the Apple SE is, at least in the Apple world, it's one of the more, it's I think the most cost effective phone. So, were okay. you swayed at all, and actually taking a chance to come back to the Apple community? Can <laughs> could I one day text you and get the blue bubble again?
1: Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I you know, I, I living in the the Google world of you know, constantly turning off tracking of everything, um, feels, you know, feels a little, uh, like a little much. Um, I, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, um, maybe at some point I, I would switch to an iPhone just because I, I trust their, their standard, uh, stance on privacy. Um, I've realized that hacking phones is, uh, Is uh just a time sink you know i've um that's right like any phone that you actually want to like you know run lineage or or, you know one of the other os's (laughs) it's like it's
0: it's taking away from your raspberry pi time you know i mean (laughs) mean, mean, come on you can't you don't have time for that
1: I have limited hacking time. I'm I'm busy learning how to uh, install Linux on my Canon f- f- camera here. Come on.
0: That's right. My
1: my kids are like. When are you getting a
0: job work. at Oxide? Seems like you would be like the perfect employee. Like what's Matt doing? He's porting this I, Linux version to get to another yeah. obscure architecture.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the problem is I, I have, uh, I, I, I'm too much of a dabbler. So I'll, I'll figure out how to do something and then I'll just kind of let it sit there. Um, <laughs> Uh, readers of my blog, go read uh, my exploration of QMU emulation oh my for building Raspberry oh Pis. Uh, it ended in tears. Spoiler mm. alert! Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I wrote it up because mm-hmm. there's not enough people writing failed experiments online. You know, because I it, I did a lot of research, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how things worked and pulled a lot of different things together. <laughs> And then when I got the results, I was like, "I think huh,
0: I think the term this is this is
1: why nobody's writing things up."
0: Post mortem, you did a, you did a proper post mortem on your own project, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah. Well, listen, well, I, I don't know. I feel like we let it go. Like, so yes or no? You go into the iPhone SE <laughs> or no? Like, <laughs> like I mean, Walt Mossberg and the New York Times, they're like waiting. This is it. I mean, when I tweet out your review, markets move. Tim Cook is listening. Yes or no?
1: Yeah, you're doing uh, it. No, probably,
0: yeah. probably. Well, there you go.
1: I'm going probably. Keep Could not <laughs> My current phone is fine. I'm also not I uh, I don't buy new tech. Like I, I'm not. You know, I'm not usually one to be like, oh, I gotta get the latest phone. I'm like, you know, I bought my current uh, Sony tiny phone when you know the next release of it was out.
0: All right. So for all the aggregators out there, we're gonna summarize this. Matt Ray says <laughs> iPhone SE, probably good. That's it. That's it. That's gonna be the reveal. So so everyone can you know interpret it uh, however they want. <clears throat> Well, Matt, listen, more importantly is it looks like you're going to have no choice one way or the other. Apple and Google <laughs> in a, uh, you know, I don't know, is this like cats sleeping with dogs kind of moment or something along the line? They've agreed to work together on a new app that is going to enable contact tracing. So for everybody that doesn't know, contact tracing is essentially if somebody uh, comes down with – the COVID virus. Um, one of the things people do manually is go contact everyone that was around that person, and you know, with the hopes of, uh, if you will, uh, quarantining them so they don't spread the virus unwittingly to other people. So, Apple and Google are in to build out an essentially a, a joint application that will run both on iOS and Android. And will uh, if you w- will use Bluetooth, like I think it's Bluetooth low energy, and it will keep track of all the other Bluetooth phones uh, that represent people around you, such that like if you were the person to contract the virus, you would i guess you would get diagnosed you would then uh, or somebody would say okay you 've been diagnosed, and then would notify everyone that you 've been around, uh, and then hopefully people would take the appropriate action so that 's how it 's going to work I guess it 's fairly. I don't want to say complicated, but I guess they're actually integrating this at the operating system level. So this isn't the kind of app that I think anyone can at least write legally on their own. They're kind of you know, if, if we will, putting it inside the internals of the operating system. So Matt, you are our privacy czar. <laughs> so this is the question: Like, is the I mean, with all with looking ahead, the law of unintended unintended consequences is always with us. Where do you come down? Is this contact tracing a one is it? Do you think it's going to from a technical standpoint? Do you think it's going to work? And then two, will you enable this on your Android <laughs> or your potential iPhone SE?
1: Yeah, so man, you always I I hate to be the negative Nelly, but that's the role I well, play.
0: <laughs> hey, man, we all we all have a role to play in life and this is a podcast.
1: Um so so I'm going to go super negative on this. I think uh one, I think it'll get little rollout. Um, I think a lot of people don't upgrade their devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of Android phones especially, like, you know, Google will try to push things out as much as they can. Um, I, I saw that they were going to hijack the uh, the Play services thing where, you know, they roll it into, like, the Google layer that is out of the the, the OS upgrades. Mm-hmm. You know, which means they will... Uh, you know, it will go out to a lot of Androids, and they said they were going to go back to Android six. Okay, uh, as far as far back as that, which are you know unsupported by OS vendors. Gotcha. Um, sure, yeah, that that sounds like a great idea. Um,
0: I will say, I just, let me just it, jump in. I think the Apple people. I know you're you're not part of the you're not yet you're not part of the ecosystem. The Apple people we upgrade pretty frequently. I think that I think oh, yeah. most people yeah. will. You know, even if they don't think about it, they just upgrade their iPhones because it's like that's what Apple's told us to do. We just do it. We don't even think don't about know. it. We just roll. I don't know.
1: My family doesn't. Well, I, I, th- I don't we, manage their devices. I think we can so say your
0: family is a little different. I think your family no, has no, a no, different no, slant no. on fa- privacy.
1: Yeah, my my they don't my have automatic iPads, updates on my kids with their iPads. That 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 what is a red dot? Yeah, the red or, dot
0: yeah, software update available. There. Oh my Every
1: gosh. time I get on my wife's, I'm getting stressed
0: out just hearing this. I need to go. I have to go over there and do it
1: my 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 son you know my my youngest he's all about the upgrades he's mm-hmm. like i, I like gotta that. get all the latest upgrades mm-hmm. like you know pokemon for upgrades but you know my my daughter my wife nothing my my son nothing right mm-hmm. there's like did Just you know care. did you get that patch and it's like no don't care don't care. and you know they're they uh, my my kids that have phones um they've got uh Nexus One-type devices. Um, it's Android's branding thing where, you know, those get all the latest patches, and they run mostly stock Android. They don't upgrade. It's like, oh, you're killing me, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm going to let all these things come in. So, so, first off, I'm a little skeptical of the adoption.
0: Okay, so one, adoption. Two, what about if you did adopt it, do you think this technology will work?
1: No. No. Because... The the reliance on Bluetooth, notoriously mm-hmm. um, I mean, flaky
0: pr- protocol. It's always like we all have which, Bluetooth issues,
1: which uh, we all turn off.
0: No, I leave it on. I like my Bluetooth. I keep it I, on. I all leave the time.
1: Bluetooth off unless I'm using it. <laughs>
0: okay. Right, okay. and and I'm, and, I'm you know, mine's on all the time. Hundred percent. Well,
1: that's that's because you're an AirPod user, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I got. I have to. Yeah. I have my AirPods, my yeah, Apple yeah, yeah. Watch. It's linked up to my and, Apple computer here. Everything
1: yeah so so you know i mean my kids actually my kids probably there's on they have bluetooth headphones Mm -hmm. um but i just think even if it's
0: on right the the idea of like this is the part i wonder about if you're just out and like lots of people just walking by and again i'm not a well we're going to wait to your son who's going to be the epidemiologist to tell us but like You know, just I don't know. There's this the potential of a lot of like this kind of back to like a monitoring thing. Not to make this an IT question, but like it does come back to like monitoring in general. It's like if you get too many false positives, right? Then the system kind of becomes worthless because people are just like, yeah, whatever. That doesn't apply to me. Like if you got one, you're like, like because I just imagine when you. That's the thing I want wonder about is less about, you know, can they detect? It's just like, well, was that a person that I like walked by for like twenty seconds or not even? Or was that a person that I had a fifteen-minute conversation with, like in the driveway, and we were maybe closer than six feet? Because that's your attitude is going to be a lot different based on that,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so much questionable content there. Did did you pass each other on an escalator, right? Um, I I mean it's like or in a car
0: that's guy. the other thing too it's like well if like what how does it work if like does it does it just like if you're going a certain like 50 miles an hour does it kind of turn off or does it I
1: don't know yeah. right i mean there there's so so much vagueness which means you know, you'll you'll be sitting on this data, and you'll just have these sliders for like, you know, how long does that contact have to exist? Right. Oh, what happens if they turned off their Bluetooth? Right. You know, do we do we fall back onto like Wi-Fi GPS tracking? Mm-hmm. You know, does that work? I don't know. And so you just have these like confidence sliders of, you know, when do you notify people? Mm-hmm. And and it's
0: do you think is there the potential like you know of course i hate when i say this i hate myself you know is there is is there some machine learning as i say but is there some machine learning around so maybe you put it out there and you know just like you train everything else is like the first time what you really want to look for is okay who said they got um you know COVID, and then who else reported it and then you could go they could go back and analyze the data and say oh do some machine learning it looks like these are the patterns of, uh, if you will, interactions that actually potentially lead to it. Like, will there be, will some of that happen? But of course, as I say that, that means like, you know, the data is being stored somewhere and it's being like analyzed. And so then we get into the whole like privacy part of that.
1: Well, it's it's worse than that.
0: (laughs) Worse? How can it be worse?
1: Oh, because they're talking about deploying this in the U.S. And in the U.S., uh, the uh, Atlantic privacy uh- oh. no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. well, bastion of, of all things chaotic when it comes to mm-hmm. healthcare. Yes, and that's true. and true. so, um, you know, there's an article in the Atlantic that I'll have to uh, find the link for uh, that talks about um, the false the false statistics behind the plateauing of cases in the U.S.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: and essentially they've capped out on testing
0: right so yeah so we don't know it's kind of the question we just don't have know have no idea. yeah right yeah, so, that, so that, means, talk.
1: that means like you know when, when they when they drop testing into some unexplored place like the, this place in nebraska where they found you know 55 percent of the people they tested had it
0: mm-hmm.
1: because mm-hmm. it was meat packers and in, mm-hmm. in nebraska right. right and and you know they were like oh we hadn't been testing there at all mm-hmm. right yeah. and so you know First of all, we're not testing anybody. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when, well when I say we are, I mean the US. The US is not <laughs> testing anybody. Right. Um, you know, they they think they're testing people, but you know, their their testing rates are way inefficient. Okay. Way too small to actually right. test people. I mean, I I I I hang out on a couple of uh Austin IT channels and there you know, there have been people who are like uh I had all the symptoms. I was sick for two weeks. I called the doctor. He said, "Stay home. I okay. never got tested. I don't show up in the statistics
0: mm-hmm.
1: right okay. and And so you have lots of that you have you have the cases of like uh um you know I think it was uh New York added twenty three hundred fatalities. The people who had died in like um re- nursing homes and stuff never tested mm-hmm. and so they don't show up in the COVID stats, which means they don't get tested, which means they don't have their phones talking about what they're doing which means who cares what your phones are doing the Mm -hmm. fact that nobody in the real world um knows whether or not they're positive or has the test approved one way or another who cares about this phone stuff i mean this phone is is super this is endemic of silicon valley trying to tech their way out of problems
0: Mm -hmm. well i would say (laughs) i'm going to be like a little bit more i i think this applies like a lot of the things we talk about on the show, like there's often the times and we you know we talk about containers all the time and all the latest technology oftentimes, right the business problems at hand don't require necessarily all this fancy technology we're talking about, and there's always the potential of gold plating and people wanting to like learn technology and do projects that are cool so so I get that I mean, I do think in the case of Apple and Google here, I think they i think I'm actually. More. It, <laughs> I was gonna say like I guess I'm sort of I'm not as I like location based apps. So that's sort of like just a, in general like I have a I'm more likely to like want to try them. I, I think a lot of them are interesting. But and I do think Apple and Google here are genuinely at least at the moment I think they're genuinely trying to do something that would help. So I'm okay with them trying. But I do think. Um, this idea that it it's probably the benefits are like so many technology product, projects, right? The benefits at this moment are probably a little bit overhyped, right? Like, because yep. until you get worked out, I think there's just building it. I think it's just, as we know, the one thing with software is all new software has bugs and something that's deployed on a wide scale often has unintended consequences or just unforeseen bugs. So I think it yep. will take a while for this thing to settle out and see if it's useful. I still think it's okay for them to try it, but I think your broader point <clears throat> It's probably what a lot of people are making is that there are lots of other things that probably do not – Directly apply to like at least smartphones that could be done right to, to do this and I think you know kind of back to our conversation a little bit about DevOps and things like that it's like that 's also the case too it 's like you know you don't really need to start with the, the tools you don't have to go pick a whole new tool chain you could just sit down and like hey let's let's have a, a better way to plan what we 're doing let's me- you know you know measure our success a little bit better let's you know put in a, a more agile or DevOps kind of culture and, and none of that is new tools right none of that's technology yeah. and that's yeah. no and every time you say that it's like the culture talk at uh, any DevOps day. You're like, oh, my God, the <laughs> culture talk again. Uh, but most people talk. need the culture talk, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of, you know, if Kote were here, he, he, I think you'd say something like that. You no, know, software is not about, I don't know, say something like that. Software is not about uh, tools. It's about like solving some kind of business problem. And, and I and think that's, we could see that here. So.
1: Yes, I, I think I think we are we are living in a, a culture talk, right? Uh, social distancing <laughs> oh is culture,
0: right? <laughs> We're living in social a social distancing oh, is geez. culture. You I know? Want out. Hand, How do I get out? Hand
1: washing, <laughs> face mask—that's culture.
0: Is this right? some kind of like West World episode where I can break out of this simulation? <laughs> I don't want to be stuck in a. I don't oh, want to be stuck and, in a culture shock. I, I'm, st-
1: I'm still saving. I'm still saving the bowling ball to drop on your head. Oh my gosh. The fact that nobody Jeez. trusts phones in the U.S. Like as soon as this thing's in the wild, spammers and and, and bad agents are going to j- jump on it and no one will trust the data.
0: Well, that's my biggest thing. I will say this. Like, you know, anything that's deployed widely quickly is just I mean, that is the worst situation yes. for new software. I mean, and I don't think it doesn't matter how smart you are. Ideally, you start small. Get a little traction and work out all the issues with a, a relatively safe group of people, you know, our, our quote unquote early adopters and then let it go mainstream. So so that's my biggest thing is like, I, you know, just you and I think we can think of stuff. And I'm sure all I mean, it's like hey, Apple and Google, very smart people. But we've just seen over time in our own careers and throughout more recent history, it is impossible sometimes to predict what will happen. So that's my biggest yeah. thing. And so so to their credit, I, I don't know. I would assume they're going to start and do some type of controlled beta. I mean, I would hope so. I hope they're not just like, let it roll baby, you know. See
1: I mean, but this is this is like Trump announcing that Google had a website to direct people to their COVID tests. <laughs> that didn't work. And then so Google's well. like, "Wait, we did what?" Right? <laughs> yeah. And that was that was over a month ago. Yeah. And and it wasn't Google, it was some Alphabet subsidiary and they rolled it out in six counties. In California. True. True. That's true. I mean,
0: we're smart, small. Start small. We can't
1: can't silver bullet this thing. And that's the problem for like everybody who likes easy technical fixes. And this is a culture problem.
0: I like it. It's a culture problem. (laughs) All right. All right, Matt. Well, we're done talking about that. Well, listen, let's <laughs> yeah, talk about something new and exciting. Let's, let's give our listeners something, uh, something for free. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank uh, MongoDB for sponsoring this episode of Software Defined Talk. And as you probably know, three years ago, MongoDB launched Atlas, a cloud database service. Atlas has opened up the power of MongoDB to more users by getting rid of the stress and annoyance of having to run the servers yourself. But just shifting infrastructure to the cloud does not solve all the true challenges that developers face when working with disparate silo data. What developers need is a data platform. A platform, one that handles different types of data and different ways of querying it. MongoDB Atlas is built on the mature, document-oriented MongoDB database and takes advantage of all the features, full asset transactions, support for joins and queries, aggregations, and other modern use cases such as geo-based search, graph search, and text search. Matt, you're with me here? Have you used all of these things? Uh, sure. <laughs> of course you have, Matt. <laughs> that's what I want to see. But I want to let you, Wait, Matt, I want does, to tell you does this. Does work with JSON? That's oh, what I do. That's our, that's, our, that's, our money, that's our money shot here. But listen, Matt, on top of this foundation, users can take advantage of Stitch, a serverless application development environment charts, an easy-to-use visualization layer that allows you to embed charts in your own website or app, and Data Lake would let you query data that you might have lying around in AWS S3 buckets. By providing a simple way to work with operational, transactional, and analytical data, MongoDB helps application developers become even more productive. MongoDB has a forever free developer tier that you can sign up for with just an email address, no credit card required. Of course, we like that. That makes bad happy. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to make sure you check out cloud.mongodb.com. You can be up and running in just a couple of clicks, and there's a user-friendly onboarding wizard to get you started with some sample data. But here, Matt, this is the money, right? Are you listening? Everyone listen up here. But there's more, guys. Use code ATLASSDT. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-D-T to load up your MongoDB Atlas account with $200 in free credits to let you play with bigger instances. Also, want to make sure that you can attend the MongoDB Live conference. That's a free two-day virtual conference on June 9th and 10th. Um, So it's coming up pretty soon. Make sure you put it on the calendar. There you can hear the latest news about MongoDB's technology and have the opportunity to chat with engineers and users. And, of course, we thank MongoDB for sponsoring our show. All right. So, Matt, the other big news in the world of Kubernetes – Fargate, <laughs> Fargate, AWS brings out Fargate. I think the big news out of this is Fargate. Um, I guess they, I should say they revamp Fargate. Not, not that it's new, yeah. but I think Fargate the big news 1.4. was they uh, they kicked Docker to the curb. That was that was my main read. They just said we don't need Docker as is. Quote unquote deemed unnecessary, that seemed like a little bit of a cheap shot. You know, you're like, you're punching the guy when they're down. You're just like, oh, oh, Docker, I know you've sold off everything and all this other stuff, and now we're going to hit you again. Um, that was my big takeaway. What, what was your big takeaway from this announcement?
1: Um, I mean, I was surprised it was still there. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm really? not, you were not surprised? kicking Docker. Oh, yeah, a- no, I, I, I just kind of assumed they had hopped on, you know, a Container D implementation longer ago. Um, you know, there, the container D efforts have, I don't know, it it seems like they've been fairly stable for a while. Um, you know, the, the fact that, uh, Fargate didn't launch that long ago, you know, it's, it's a fairly new service. And, uh, uh, I just assumed that they were, you know, on the latest, on the latest, uh, you know, cloud native plumbing, you know, versions of stuff. And unfortunately for Docker, like, you know, when they made the Moby split, I assumed that there was a lot of people, you know, they got off of the Docker stuff, mm-hmm. you know, around that time frame.
0: I love so, your summary. Didn't even know you were still here. It's not, it's not even a cheap shot to you. You're just like, I, no, just, I thought no, you were already it's gone. It's not I love it.
1: a cheap shot. It's just, you know, I assume that, you know, when they made that big split, Amazon would have been one of the ones leading the charge away.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm with you. I don't know. Uh, to me, it, it seems sort of, I guess, interesting from an industry perspective. But it, as far as I can tell, and there's even a, a bunch a bunch of other things Amazon wrote about. It's like it seems to have no effect on if you're running this stuff. You're going you're gonna uh, not. Not have to do anything different, which is most important. The other thing that Fargate, I guess, uh, interested, I guess the 1.4 here, said so includes some significantly new features. The one they called out is uh, the ability or support for the Elastic file system. So I, I assume this means it'd just be easier to what, basically mount a file system and then interact with my containers. Is that the net net of that? Am I missing yeah, yeah. something? So, that, that sounds handy. Again, this was probably something if someone had asked me beforehand, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I think that's how it works today." I just assumed, <laughs> it was, like, I just,
1: I just assumed right? Yeah, right. Just like, I, I assume. I mean, okay, let's let's roll out things that I assume about <laughs> about Amazon services. Uh, they work with each other. Yeah,
0: I was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it worked." So so I guess congratulations to them. Which, I didn't know it worked, you but I, I was already assuming it
1: this is why we could pass the first AWS exam and fail the rest. We would not
0: do well. We, we, we on the Fargate session, we we would not do well. There were several like, things here. True or false? Fargate used to support uh, EFS. I would have said true. The other one, um, I did. I think I I knew this. I guess that Fargate one uh, four also opens up temporary storage up to twenty gigs of. Ephemerals volumes so that's fine that, again i guess if you just need to store i was trying to a think how you would use this that's yeah. a lot of data i mean it's a lot of space right that's just a for a like yeah. just for some for data that's coming and going it's like I yeah do you think you need 20 gigs i don't know why they picked 20 i'm not saying that's bad i just was it, like it's why, 20 why?
1: because somebody got close
0: <laughs> right oh, it, it's true. 20
1: because it, it probably used to be two and somebody was like, uh, I need eight and they're like, screw it, 20. twenty. Twenty. Right? <laughs> That's,
0: That's probably true. I guess they must have re- run some type of reporting. You know, so- somebody
1: yeah. is is converting JSON to XML to XML, you know to to you know some other format and compiling some code and you know and using QMU and like the whole thing just blows out into this monstrosity <laughs> that ends up taking twenty gigs of space. I would like this. <laughs> and then We're- they're like Oh, it's ephemeral, you know, and now it's gone.
0: All right, we should put a request in for the AWS uh, tech team blog. I would like a blog. Why we chose twenty gigabytes? I don't know. I just I would like because I think there's a good story behind it. There probably is. There's people are doing things that, because I'm like, wow, that's a lot. That would be a lot. It seems like you are doing that much. You should probably maybe get a database involved. Maybe store something somewhere. You know, there should be some more thought going it, into it. It's Not gonna just
1: be like. It's a, a 32-bit <laughs> container with a 16-gigabit Optane <laughs> memory behind it. And you're like, wait, wait, I didn't, wait, no. Right.
0: Well, someone <laughs> How did you end up with 20? AWS, tell us. Reveal the secrets. I know they published the roadmap, but we don't want to read the roadmap. I want to read the history. Why 20 gigs? Um, I do like the history. The other thing that they announced, because uh, this is you know now that we 're uh, we 're like the unicornnal micro vM uh, podcast here, they said the new platform <laughs> of AWS uh, enables them to use firecracker, a micro vm yeah. design. For running containers, for Fargate containers in EKS pods,
1: nothing wrong with micro VMs. They're still VMs.
0: We're good. We're fine with that. That doesn't violate yeah. our unikernel. P- we have position. learned our lesson. We did. Yes, we did. We're Although I got some, I got VMs. some feedback from uh, some people. Again, uh, yeah, I got a little more feedback about that. Some, hey, that they that we may be missing out on unikernels. So <sighs> I've invited. Uh, that person on, I was like, okay, equal time here, you know, cause we, cause again, we have, we are clearly people, we have, uh, strongly held opinions very loosely, very loosely. <laughs> like we, if you, we're, we're kind of like this, the last group that talks to us, we tend to go with. So like if someone yeah. came on and made the case for unicornals, we'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, unicornals gonna- is the way to go. So
1: we're going to make good I.T. executives at some point, you know, traveling through the airport. And you're like, I saw this thing on
0: Barracuda. <laughs> and then we're, we're in. We're in on that. Well,
1: we're I thought in, it was I'm cool.
0: I mean, I saw the micro V.M. It's like seems like it makes total sense. And it is back to like we like micro V.M.s. And of course, uh, I don't really think that it matters to the users at all. So I think it's just kind of interesting. And there's a whole blog post you can read. Uh, Matt really liked it. I thought it was like kind of long. It's under the hood. A.W.S. Parquet data plane. I mean, it's good. It's a lot of stuff in there, but it's it's kind of dense. So, I don't know. I'm going to let the listeners. If you want to go read that, go read it. Um, moving on. The other thing that we saw this week is, you know, this coding. Coding's going to be big. That's what I'm, I'm seeing out there. So, two things happened. One, GitHub is now free for Teams. So, the big announcement here was everybody gets private repositories in GitHub's free for everyone. Yeah. Uh, also, it looks like if you still want to pay... Um, the, the price is going down from $9 per user to $4 per user. So again, that, uh, seems really good. So Matt, would you like to guess, I guess it's here. You'll probably see it. Like, you know, the only, the feature that I think people have to still pay for basically SAML integration, which is just the way of saying active directory. (laughs) It's always active directory. My friend, no one gives active directory away for free. That's like the last thing I could find. Like what, why would you pay them active directory and support? That's all I can see.
1: the grumblings from from the uh, developers that I hang around, you know, <clears throat> virtually at least, um, is that uh, this is good for probably ninety five percent of the people, right? Uh, unfortunately, we fell into the five percent where <laughs> they took uh, they took some features that were free and rolled them into the paid tier. Oh, really? Um, like what? What's left? Yeah. Assigning project owners ticket mm, reviews okay. it was it was something
0: permissions a close cousin a close cousin of Samwell. yes yes all right role
1: based access controls that that's where <laughs> they they get you, they you, know, get you it was bed. it was related to like ownership and permissions okay. and it was something that you know project owners you couldn't have multiple ones something like that and and mm. obviously um, you know chef doing all their development as open source now uh, we are you know we are an edge case i i get that so mm-hmm. we're you know there was a little grumbling but it, well, I what think do you think here? does say... github
0: just i mean is it the ultimate loss leader like do they just not even trying to make money they just really want adoption or is their goal to just put GitLab out of business put a world of pain and be like hey, everything needs to be here it's basically free for 95 percent of our users <clears> no well, one's really I mean, asking about uh there's there's no qbrs with like salespeople in it and getting yelled at like what's happening I, there
1: I would hazard to guess uh, that um, they probably make most of their money on-premises, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hosted service, it, you know, it it's probably, it probably is breaking even, you know, mm-hmm. it, it probably doesn't generate a tremendous amount of money, but this gives them the ability to, you know, keep people from checking out Bitbucket or GitLab hosted services and, you know, and gives them, you know, if you're not, <clears throat> if you 're not on premises you're going to use github you know because right. oh it's it's the the premium choice, and by the way it's free for you know ninety five percent of the use cases and so I think this is um yeah it, it is flooding the market which they'd already flooded um it's it's raising you know the the barrier to entry for any sort of competition, but because they're owned by Microsoft and Azure you know they they can justify like well we have all these other you know, parallel services that it feeds into, you know. So when, you know, when Microsoft bought uh, GitHub, you know, one of the things we said is like, look for more Azure tie-ins, right? There's going to be more and more Azure tie-ins over time to get you consuming, you know, GitHub and Azure, you know, together and giving away GitHub. It's a, it's a loss leader to get more Azure consumption. I mean, that's that's the Microsoft playbook at this point, right? Yeah. More Azure consumption.
0: The Better, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's this just this just seems like win win. Like, I mean, I because I personally, I think everyone originally you, know, you couldn't have the private repository, and yep. kind of had all these workarounds, and you wanted to use GitHub bucket account for it, right? Yeah, and then people yeah. could get like maybe an educational account, and they could use it for a while. But I mean, that was all. I, do, I remember that coming up quite a bit. So now it's, I mean, you know, again, just you know, barring the SAML stuff, we kind of make fun of, and the private stuff is like, yeah, this seems like the obvious choice. So, so I guess. Kudos to Microsoft. I mean, you can't really – I mean, hey, man, free stuff. Free is good. Free free is really good. And and $4 a month, pretty manageable. That is actually a pretty manageable <laughs> thing. All right. Well, the other I mean, thing – I
1: the all the money I'm saving on avocado toast these days. That's
0: right. I mean, that's like – that's right. It's probably like a month of avocado toast. You just throw that in your GitHub account. All right. Well, the other thing that was uh, in the world of coding, uh, the startup here in Austin got my attention. So it's called Coder. They got $30 million from a bunch of venture capitalists. And from what I can tell is their pitch is uh, secure development. So if you're, like, developing maybe for a government, a really secure environment, and you want everybody to use only a development environment that's approved by you, uh, they have, from what I can tell, it's basically a browser-based image that lets you basically run VS Code in a predefined development environment in a container that you then access, I guess, through the browser. It it looks like Chrome most of the time. So... Interesting idea. I mean, we've seen a lot of these, uh, I don't know, web-based IDEs. I feel like they come and go and they never really get traction. But I don't know. Is this going to become more important? Do you think people are really looking at uh, this now and like, yeah, you know, we need a more locked-down development environment uh, instead of letting everybody, like Matt Ray, grab their uh, favorite MacBook and, <laughs> and configure their workstation and maybe use the VPN and maybe not? Like, I mean, Is this a real problem? Do you think people are going to really do this?
1: Um. I, I, I think you know I, I know that they're not the first to do this um, you know there are definitely competitors on the market uh, yeah, I know red Hats bought company bought a company that does something similar I think Amazon's bought one I think Microsoft's bought one so you know chances are good they'll get acquired um, <laughs> and, yeah. and and the answer is yes I think this is a real problem and I think you know it's a crowded market without leader that i know of but um and i and as i work with like banks and stuff who now all their employees are uh, you know they're at home Mm -hmm. and they're fighting with vpns they can't get their tool access you know the web filters are too broke you know broken to let them develop somebody i was working with the other day said their work laptop will not connect to anything but the corporate vpn and the corporate vpn was blocking uh the google source of captcha's Okay, and All so right. I mean they, right, were well, they were just broken. They were so broken.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, this is the same bank that sends me photos of their screens for debugging <laughs> <laughs> over WhatsApp. Oh, <laughs> but funny. but so so yes, I, I think this captive captive development environment. There's definitely there's definitely a market for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can, you know, if you can provide a nice. Uh, environment for this kind of stuff i you know I, I i think you know i don't know i don't know what the the financials look like but you're going to be selling these in lots of you know three thousand seats right mm-hmm. you're going to sell like you know a bank that needs you know 1500 developers or you know it people and you know it's the the dirty secret is it's not that hard to wire up all this stuff i mean uh, obviously my background is configuration <laughs> management <laughs> so so i kind of know
0: like you know how it can what be the, done.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I know how it could be done. I could you know whiteboard it up for you, and you know we go and raise ourselves an A round. Um, But yeah, I I I think there's a lot of value here.
0: All right, all right. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on them. I thought the my base biggest takeaway was just simply like I I do think the fact that they've kind of built around VS Code. No no offense to all the Emacs and VI users, but that seems like the most popular idea. So it seems like it, it has, they're not forcing uh, people to necessarily use a new tool. They're probably forcing people that were already in VS Code, that were familiar with it. It's very easy yeah. transition for them. So I think the big thing will just be latency, like all these things. Like when I start using it, is it just like typing on a command line? Do I have the same type of uh, experience, or do I get a little bit of that lag and latency? Because that to me is really the killer of all these tools. It's just like if soon as I start to get where the, the network is in the way, it's like I don't have time for this. I'm I'm going to spend the day putting everything on my uh, my local server and I'm i to just go as fast as I want.
1: And and, and I, you know, as, as we watch as we watch tools expand out of you know their niches. I bet you I bet you uh, five bucks that in two years GitLab will have something like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, almost sure. And, yeah. and and I bet you and you know, there's probably already something in Microsoft's GitHub portfolio that mm-hmm. if you squint at it already looks like this. Mm-hmm. And you know, someone will tell you know it what up. it's
0: probably in teams. I probably just need to keep clicking around in there. I bet you I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like another yeah, tab.
1: Span <laughs> that tab and oh look, you know, what is know, shared this? IDE. What is what, know, what is VS code and,
0: uh, doing in, teams, yeah. in the teams in the deep chat yeah,
1: room? VPN development environment. Yes. So, so I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's obviously a good idea that it's not groundbreaking and everyone will, it's, it's kind of like, you know, voice chat, you know, people keep repackaging it into the latest, um, you know, stuff. And, you know, today it's uh, Zoom, tomorrow it'll be, you know, blue jeans or whatever. And, And, but, you know, Good luck to these guys. I I, I expect uh, it's about
0: execution. Hey, that's right, man, thirty million dollars—it's a lot of money. Hey, but I, I have to cheer for the Austin awesome startups. You know, go get it, be successful. All right, man, we're pretty much out of time, so we'll just we'll just hit on uh, the grab bag of the last final things. We'll do them in just a few seconds. Pentagon watchdog clears Microsoft cloud win <laughs> over Amazon. So I think I don't do we even need to say anything. Should we just <laughs> no, no, like, should we just the, rewind?
1: <laughs> the key is like well. We decided to see if the White House investigated, and the White House told us to look somewhere else.
0: <laughs> That's right. Seems like it seems. Uh... Seems questionable. We'll leave it at that, though. We'll just move on. We've probably talked to that. Uh, lots of people talking about Zoom still. I'll let everyone read the links. I don't know. Nothing really changed my opinion. I think Zoom will be fine. It's okay. It's not. It's uh. It's a a very good uh, video platform. Probably no better or worse than the other ones. So, but you can read about that. And AMB- IBM scrambling to find those Cobol programmers. We did have a little chat in the Software Defined Talk Slack this week uh, where people went over seven Cobol examples. Posted that nice link. My yeah. collective thing was, uh, I, someone else said this, it's like the language, very ugly, but fairly easy to understand. That seemed to be the consensus. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yes. so, uh, I can't get over the all caps. I just can't. I just, every time I look at it, just, it, me, just it just gets It's just
1: yelling. just me. The, the people who wrote that stuff are hard of hearing now.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just, it makes <laughs> me feel weird. Um, the uh, the Slack CEO uh, Stuart Butterfield I don't know he he takes a little dig at Teams so we'll let them work it out we're still using Slack but I use Teams for my corporate job so I don't know I guess I'm conflicted on that and then uh, shout out to my son he he contributed this week to the uh, to all our articles he came in he said Dad just read. The new emojis no new emojis this year they've all been delayed to 2021 <laughs> i said i told them, struggle is real real my friend the struggle is real so so for uh, all everybody the elementary school kids the high school kids college us we, we're just gonna have to use the emojis we have for another year oh, are you, okay, Matt? How are we- you okay with that we'll have to do we'll have to do all right uh in the column of nonsense nonsense uh matt i think you found this so somehow you can invite a llama or a goat to your next zoom meeting for a hundred dollars yep. so uh, yes again Go we're, gonna to let the, meeting. We're, we're gonna let the listeners read about that so congratulations on a new business model to those people uh
1: i i, I really hope that they are just flooded with business
0: <laughs> i just think that's just ridiculous so um uh, but thank you, Matt, for finding that. Uh, all the conferences we got them all listed here. Um, of course, we're going to have June second. You know, Matt will be probably presenting at ChefConf twenty twenty digitally. Uh, we already mentioned our friends at MongoDB. Make sure to go to their uh, live. Um, well, I was about to say their live virtual event on June 9th and tenth. And again, we thank them for being a sponsor. And, of course, if you don't have enough to do, you should join us in the Software Defined Talk Slack where, I guess, we talk about llamas and COBOL. So if that doesn't get you excited, <laughs> I don't know what will. And if you want stickers, hey, we're still sending stickers. That's a social distancing thing we can still do. So send me your postal address at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. If you include your mailing address, would be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. And having said all that, Matt, what is your recommendation this week?
1: Mm, well, I, uh, I put links to things that, you know, we mentioned in the show, uh, in, uh, in the show notes, uh, the, <laughs> my, my...
0: Raspberry Pi, that's going to get a lot of hits right there. <laughs> hey, Hey, I, I wrote it up
1: for, for the people mm-hmm. They they got to know, uh, I, I wasted my time. So you don't, um, <laughs> but, uh, speaking of time wasting, um, I've got a lot of like, uh, old electronics about the house and um, I've been you know, kind of playing with my home um, video conferencing setup and I was like looking at my camera wishing I had a better one. I saw some of the professionals are using like uh, uh, S- SDLRs or whatever they call them or and, SLRs, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. SLRs yeah and uh, it turns out the one that I have in my house is the last model not to be usable as a USB uh, imaging device so yes. dang um, but I did find this uh, tool called Arian Webcam, and what it does is it allows you to uh, take an old Android phone uh, or a new one, but you probably you know have an old one lying around, mm-hmm. and um, install this app. And you can uh, either connect to it as a uh, webcam uh, or plug your USB cord into it and connect to it uh, via USB, and it is now your new webcam. Um, and it works in Skype. Um, it works in Google Hangouts. It does not work in zoom. So, uh, I'm not going to use it for now. Um, but if you needed to upgrade your webcam and you have, you know, an old pixel, like I do lying around, it makes a really nice camera. The, the pixel has an amazing camera, a little bit, you know, probably four times better than the one I'm using, uh, for my day to day. So someday, uh, I'll have, a new webcam uh, that's just an old Android phone. Um, So check that out. It it works Mac, windows, uh, probably Linux. Um, You know, it's a a neat toy. Um, And it's, it's, you know, there's a free and a pro version available.
0: All right. I like it. All right. That's a good little side project for this weekend. All right. Well, my recommendation this week is an audio book. I read uh, or listened to rather the uh, Facebook, the inside story. So it's uh, one of those essentially, you know, told from the insides, documentary kind of style writing about Facebook. So I'm always interested in like what went on. It's uh, interesting because it starts at the very beginning and they did get some interviews with all the major players, uh, Facebook executives, Mark Zuckerberg and things like that. So I think this is kind of interesting always because we talk a lot about privacy, and Facebook's certainly been the eye of the storm. So if you're interested in privacy and you're interested in learning about what drove Facebook to make decisions around privacy, whether you like them or not, I think this book's insightful. and just gives you some good information. Fun fact, I learned from it that I did not know because a lot of this story, I think many of these listeners will know, but like Mark Zuckerberg, Colorblind. Did not know that, and I thought that was interesting <laughs> because, um, you know, so many yeah. people talk about the design of initially of Facebook. I was a little bit like it was blue, and I guess when he's colorblind, it's like, you know, you can see some colors, but not, which, which is whatever the ones are, like red and green or something. I can't remember. It but anyway, I just thought, like, it's just interesting. Like, I wonder how much of that drove the design of Facebook, oh. right? You know, just oh. a, a simpler blue-white kind of background versus, like, all the other stuff that was being developed at that time.
1: All those red lights for privacy, he drove right through them.
0: (laughs) We know we're not race dads. We know we're not race dads on that. So, yeah, so if you're looking for something to listen to, check that out. And with that, we will talk to you next time.